Cutting Through Tech, Season 2, Episode 1. How to evaluate the potential of your app idea. Welcome to Cutting Through Tech, the podcast all about technical strategy for women leaders today. Now, you're tuned in to Season 2, which is all about apps. This is probably the topic I get asked about the most. I think every single person under the sun has got an app idea. But what do you do with it? And how do you actually make it a reality? Well, if that is you, you are listening to the right show and the right season. My name is Maxime. I'm a technical coach to women entrepreneurs. I'm a designer and I'm a software engineer. And I've got quite some experience with apps. I have done eight years of mobile app development and worked on an app that got a million downloads on its first day of launch. So I'm thrilled to be sharing my expertise and the things I've learned along the way with you. In this episode, we'll be talking about how to analyze your idea, whether or not it's actually suitable for the app platform. As I said before, many people have had ideas, but interestingly enough, it's actually quite challenging to create an app. And sometimes it's actually not even necessary. You can make really, really great products or technical ideas come to life in other platforms. So what are the things you need to look out for when you're trying to determine how to proceed with this idea? Today, I'll be covering the statistics on what the life of an app looks like on the App Store and some really key points you need to be aware of when making the decision on whether you're going to go forward or not with an app. I'll also be talking about the most common misconceptions and mistakes that I've seen. And lastly, I'll share a really practical, useful checklist of how you can assess whether or not your app should be in this format or not. Now, given that we're currently in quite interesting times with COVID-19, you might be wondering why launch an app season right now? And there's actually a few reasons, some very practical and some, well, let's start with the fact that I absolutely love apps. I wouldn't be doing uh, what I do now if it wasn't really for that. I distinctly remember when the iPhone came out and um, within a year or so, two years, they released the App Store and the first possibility actually of third-party people creating apps. And I completely fell in love with it. I've been making apps since the beginning, although I guess more formally a few years after. And so much has changed and it's unbelievable the impact and support it's given people on the day-to-day life. Of course, you know, we all lose hours <laughs> to social media at times, but the fact that you can carry it around in your pocket, it's usually one of the first things you see when you wake up, the last thing you see when you go to bed. It's done so much for people. It's wonderful to be part of that. And I want to share that experience with you. And secondly, I know that you have ideas. Honestly, every single time I would tell anyone about what I do or what my job is from uber drivers to hairdressers to business leaders they all had the exact same response oh I've got an idea for an app what do you think about this or how do I make that everyone under the sun has had an app idea so I think there's no better time than right now to get creative and bring those ideas off the shelf and then lastly you know this season will hopefully long outlive (laughs) coronavirus but It's interesting that even in times like these, the mobile app market is actually a very, very strong market to be part of. In this quarter alone, we've seen a 15% increase in downloads, 20% increase in time spent on the phones compared to last year, and consumers have spent a record-breaking $23 
billion US dollars on apps and the app store market alone in one quarter. This is the largest quarter on record for the mobile industry. So where I'm going with this is it's a really strong market, which interestingly enough, almost gets better (laughs) in times of crisis. When you think as well about really popular apps that we know today, WhatsApp, Instagram, and so on, they've actually also come out of periods of recession. So whilst it is in general a very good market, it only gets stronger in these times. And so it's really interesting to actually analyze your ideas and see if they fit into this marketplace. So if you've been sitting on an idea, now really is the time to bust it out and have a serious think about it because interestingly enough, there is a big opportunity. So how do you do that, right? How do you evaluate your app idea? And honestly, is that even really the most suitable format for your idea? The app market is actually, whilst it's a brilliant opportunity, there's also a big harsh reality to it. So if you're trying to work out whether or not you should be creating an app, here are some things I really think you should know. Now, there is no shortage of smartphone users in the world. There have been reports of 2.9 billion smartphone users in 2018, and it's forecasted to grow to 3.8 next year. And these people are willing to spend on apps. The total consumer spend in 2019 was 120 billion, which has doubled from 2016. Now, let that sink in. Doubled in just the space of three years. And this is actually consumer spend, which is different than the total expenditure in app market, because if you add on advertising, it grows substantially to over 300 billion. If you add on advertising, that number grows to over 300 billion. Now, if that isn't enough, the mobile industry is set to contribute 4.8 trillion to the global economy by 2023. The opportunity is huge. So why have I frequently advised people to strongly reconsider using mobile as a platform? Now, there are an average of 2.5 million apps on any smartphone app store. 75% of these downloads are only used once and then never again. On average, while users spend over three and a half hours a day on their phone, they actually only use about the same 30 apps per month. So the competition is really high, right? Why would they use your app? How is your idea and your app going to be so unique and special that it makes the cut into what people use on a daily basis? Because in order for your app to be successful, people need to firstly download it and secondly use it. Otherwise, it's a little bit like saying, well, people, you know, love to eat, so I'm going to open a restaurant, right? It needs to be more specific and more tailored than that. Now, if you enjoyed these insights into the app market and in general are a fan of data and statistics, you should join me on Instagram every Wednesday where I am publishing an IGTV on a fact of the week centered all around the mobile market. You can find me on at Menenia. M-E-N-N-E-N-I-A, link is in the show notes. Now, we've established that the opportunity is big, but the risk is large as well. If you're creating an app, it needs to stand out and it really needs to be in sync with who it's for, your user. Now, let's have a look at some of the common mistakes and misconceptions that I've seen around creating apps. And we're going to start with something that, well, you've heard me say it before, which is that people tend to focus on a solution. 
They have a particular idea in mind of what the app should be, what it should do, without truly actually delving into who they're making it for and what their biggest issue is. For example, at least here in the UK, we have a range of different food delivery apps. Two really common ones are Just Eat and Deliveroo. Just Eat does really well. It's very popular. Uh, And they tuned into the need of people wanting to get takeout, uh, deliver to their house and not wanting tons of papers and flyers around the house figuring out which Chinese to go for tonight and really made an effective online way of ordering. But had they delved a bit deeper, they might have actually come up with the idea that Deliveroo had, which is people know already what food they want and they're craving. It's the stuff that is familiar to them and that's common. But they don't really want to leave the comfort of their home because they want to, I don't know, Netflix and chill. (laughs) So they want to be able to order the food in that they already know and love that isn't quite takeout food. So by just looking even more at what people really want, where does this desire actually come from? What is their biggest issue? What is their need? You can come up with really novel and targeted ideas. Now, this is, of course, something we've extensively discussed in season one. So if there's more that you want to know about that, you might want to go back to some episodes there, primarily the first one, around the biggest mistake that I see that entrepreneurs make regularly. But another one that I see quite often that follows on from this is that people think that the app in itself, the fact that it is an app in a format, is the most unique part of the idea. That is effectively the USP. It's like, yes, you can do this everywhere, but, you know, the fact that you can do it in an app, that is what really matters. Now, that might be true. Um, In a way, that's what Uber did to an extent, right? You could have called a cab before, but really by doing it on the phone, they they kind of revolutionized (laughs) hailing a cab. But you really need to think it through. What is it that's unique about this idea that isn't just it's on the go, it's on the phone. And this is where the checklist that I'll share with you shortly will really help as well. But you can imagine, right, if it's something that people can just go online for and they can search something and they can get the same kind of information, they can read the same kind of articles or, you know, whatever it is that it tries to do or solve for people, then having it on a phone might be novel, but really it'll just get deleted after, you know, a few days. Or when that all-important moment comes where people need free space on the phone for more photos. The real good test is, can your app stand the challenge of someone trying to take graduation pictures of their kids? Because trust me, anything will get deleted for that. So you want your product to be so useful and so necessary for people to have on their phone that they wouldn't ever even think to delete it. One example that I see around here that is a bit of a misconception as well is that because it's an app and you can make an account, it makes dialogue and finding people more useful. Now, we know that there are lots of social apps there that have done tremendously well. But quite often I ask people, are you creating a community or are you creating an app? Can you test this idea in different ways from newsletters to something on Instagram to perhaps even a website where people get together? For example, if you look at LinkedIn, it's one of the biggest community apps. It's to find other people in your professional network that you want to connect with for a host of different reasons, whether that's finding a job, finding mentorship, getting advice, learning from each other. It's a huge professional community. Now, of course, LinkedIn now is big. They've got an app, uh, which is super helpful and useful. But if you were to start this from first principles, would you make it a mobile first experience? 
is actually that platform the right way to introduce this community and to connect with this community? Personally, I would argue not. And if this is kind of at the root of your idea, I would urge you to consider other ways to prove the idea of the community and say this is actually something people really want and it needs to be out there before you spend lots of time and energy in creating an app specifically. Because the other thing that you really want to consider, and this leads me to point number four, is you really need to think about a revenue model. The thing I see and hear the most is uh, an idea without a revenue model. We'll be delving into the different types in another episode, um, but it really is crucial to the success of your app. It might not seem that way because we all download free apps quite often. 95% of apps today are a freemium model, if you will. So you download it free and you might pay a subscription or in-app purchases or you end up paying in some other way. It could also be advertising. Um, But data alone doesn't cut it. There was a bit of a golden era in technology where you could offer things for free. Um, You might get VC funding and you would collect lots and lots of data on your users. And that in itself was really valuable and powerful. A great example of this is CityMapper. If you are London-based, you will know this app. Uh, Sorry for my worldwide listeners. They are in a lot of cities though. But in London, it was brilliant. What it did basically is um, you you say where you want to go. It's like Google Maps really. But it is really honed in to the place that it operates. So in our case in London, we have a lot of public transport. And Google Maps wasn't that good for public transport back in the day. Not just that but it can link or have you jump from different types of public transport, which also back in the day was unheard of. So you might end up taking the tube or the subway (laughs) to a particular place and then jump onto a bus. Or you might, if you were to walk just a little bit, get to another bus route that could take you there all the way. So it was able to be a multi-mode transport mapping service. And honestly, if you meet any Londoner, you'll probably learn that they are fairly obsessed with this app. Now, that is offered for free. (laughs) We don't pay for it. Uh, Obviously, they have to compete with things like Google Maps. But the interesting bit of data that they're getting is they can see who is trying to travel from where to where. And what you might end up learning is that, look, there is a huge mass of people that is trying to get from here to here. And there's no direct bus line or no direct tube line. So if you are starting to think about new bus routes, new tube stations, extending lines, where is the biggest opportunity? This kind of data insight is hugely valuable, which is a big part of why CityMapper has been so successful and why they continue to get investment. But firstly, this was set up in, you know, a kind of a different era, because let's be honest with technology, 10 years ago is like a lifetime ago. And it is tricky nowadays to have that be the core revenue model of your idea. You really want to think, how can it stand up on its own? Because let me also tell you, creating an app is expensive and time consuming. It's also not a one-off process. Uh, We'll be talking a bit more about the process in the next episode, but really there are yearly updates at least that you need to make sure happen for it to stay current and functioning on any of the latest phones and so forth. So giving thought to the revenue model is key. Speaking of revenue models, another common one is the marketplace. Now, we've already talked about Uber, Deliveroo and so on, but basically you're putting two people in touch that need a problem solved. In the case of Uber, you want to go somewhere, you want to hail a cab. 
in the case of the taxis, uh, they want to have access to as many customers as easily as possible, right? So that's effectively a marketplace. But also quite often, I hear people say, oh, I've got this idea and it's, you know, based on a marketplace model. But really, they're only solving a true need for one side of the coin. You can make something truly fantastic for a consumer, but if it doesn't solve a problem for the other side, say the the business side of it, why would they be on that platform? Why would they offer their services on that platform? And equally the other way around, you might have a really novel idea that solves so much for small businesses. But an everyday consumer might say, well, I don't really need to use it in that way or I don't need access to that. So they end up not really using your app. And again, the tower of cards kind of falls apart. So you want to make sure that you've truly done your homework when it comes to both sides of this coin so the marketplace can function in harmony. Now, the last misconception I'd like to cover ties a bit back into the initial bit of statistics that I gave you. We all talk about how the app market is huge and there's tons of opportunity, tons of access to money. But what is your end goal? You really want to be clear on what you're trying to achieve with your particular product. If you want it to be a billion dollar app that gets a huge exit like Instagram and so forth, that is often seven years. On average, it takes these kind of companies seven years to achieve that kind of exit. That is a lot of time fundraising. That is a lot of time executing and running a company. Nothing wrong with that if that's your idea, but then be very clear that that is the goal. Equally, you might want to create a companion app for a smaller but very loyal set of users that you know will pay something substantial, like a monthly subscription that turns into your recurring revenue, that can sustain the product that you're trying to create. Being really clear about this upfront as you enter this big marketing opportunity really helps you navigate and makes you able to make the right kind of choices from the start. Of course, you can pivot. We see that a lot in tech. But you don't want to pivot as an excuse for not having done your homework, let's be honest. If you're clear about things up front, then yes, you can course correct and adjust along the way, but then you do so for a very particular reason. So with all that said and done, let's have a look at some of the things that I think you want to look at, a checklist if you will, on whether your app is suitable to the mobile platform. And let's start with the most obvious one. Is your idea something that people need access to or need to use on the go? We already talked about mapping and taxis and so forth. That is a great example of something that is really required in the moment. Back in the day, you would plan your journey ahead of time. You might even print out instructions and then off you set. Or you carry this really heavy map with you. Um, because really, when you are midway lost and you you know your instructions are now effectively useless because you took a wrong turn at some point, you want to be able to course correct in the moment. Ideas that are really required for people when they're on the go might make a good app. Similarly, is your idea something that needs to be used in a discrete and or portable kind of way, right? People might not be out of their home, but it's something that they use without a laptop. They use it in the corner on their own in a discrete fashion. Something like this could be meditation. We know Headspace, we know Calm, there are tons of amazing meditation apps out there and it's something that you want to do quietly 
in a corner of the house, you put your headphones on, you want it to be small and portable so you can focus on the experience as opposed to actually being on a piece of technology. In a pinch, you could use your laptop, but really, ideally, it would be on your phone. So that makes sense, right? Is your app something discreet and portable? My other question for you is, can it be done on a laptop? Can it be done on social? Could it just be a series of YouTube videos? Could it be a newsletter? That sounds really simple, but there are questions you really have to ask yourself and you have to come up with strong arguments where you say, no, actually, it really should be an app because X, Y, Z. This is almost an inverse checklist item. It's the point where it can't be a website, it can't be done on the laptop, it can't be done elsewhere, it has to be an app. If you can come up with a strong defense for that, you check this point as well. Similarly, is it the kind of thing where people need to be typing a lot? Do they need to fill out loads of forms? Do they need to tell you a lot? Do they, are they keeping a journal or a diary on it? Day one may be a fantastic diary application, but they also have a very, very strong Mac app that goes along with it. You might use the mobile one to upload some photos that you took on the go, but really most of the typing you'll be doing in a different setting, a laptop. So what information are you needing from your users for them to be able to use this idea successfully? Is it going to be comfortable for them to be actually using this kind of format, a small screen and a limited keyboard to enter all that kind of data? Another thing to consider is, do you need access to hardware? Interestingly enough, and this is a big difference on average to a website, the phone comes with a lot of bells and whistles. It's got a camera, a microphone, a GPS, an accelerometer, a gyroscope, and even an NFC chip. If you're wondering what's an NFC chip, that's how you do Google Pay or Apple Pay. Yes, a laptop has a camera, but you know we're never, <laughs> we're never taking photos of sunsets or our friends or our dinners on a laptop. So if your idea is truly dependent on use of these kind of hardware functionalities, again, that's a good indicator that you do want to consider an app as your format. And my last item on this checklist is a fairly sensitive one. Do you need push notifications? Now, before you say yes, yes, absolutely, I don't mean the marketing kind. I'm very strict when I ask people about the use of their push notifications because really, when I think of it, it needs to be incredibly time sensitive. When you say you need push notifications for your app, that's because people need to be aware of something instantly at that given time. Of course, when someone calls you or texts you or when there's a meeting happening right now, these are instances of needing to know something directly in that moment in time. Then there is a second wave of push notifications where people opt in to wanting to know something at a very particular time. Think of breaking news or someone tweets them or adds them on Instagram, right? That is an individual choice on whether people want to know that immediately or whether they want to check that in their own time. Then there is the third and not so great wave of push notifications that really is just marketing. Hey, we've got a new pack for you to download. Hey, have you seen? We've released this. All that kind of stuff, to me, doesn't count as really, really needing push notifications, right? It's much more if you're a calendar app or if you're a particular communication app, that is something people need to know right, right now. So how does this apply to your idea? If it is something that needs real-time push notifications, you know, 
we're we're always maybe only 10 seconds away from our phone if that if it's not actually clutched into our hands at any given time so if you need to reach someone urgently that is the best way you know sending an email is great but they'll probably see that in like a few hours or maybe the next day so seven things to look out for is it something people want to use on the go should it be discreet and or portable can it be done on a different platform if not that's a tick (laughs) does it require strenuous input like typing do you need access to hardware functionality like the gyroscope or gps and does it need real-time push notifications if it ticks the majority of these items then you're probably onto something and if it doesn't well there are a lot of interesting ways where you could still go ahead with your idea Now, in today's episode, we've looked at the marketplace, some common statistics, so you have an idea of the lay of the land of the mobile industry. We've also covered common misconceptions or issues that we often see in app ideas and some of the things you want to keep in mind and make sure that you check before you delve into an app as a format. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, leave us a review, like, share and subscribe. And with that said and done, I will see you in the next episode where we're going to have a look at the full app process start to finish and everything you need to know to see how this works from the inside out. I'm wishing you a wonderful day and see you next time.